good afternoon and good evening. This is the uh, <clears throat> Curious Anarchy podcast once again, coming at you with the episode by exclusive invitation only, where myself and who's with me. Hello. Awesome. We'll be inviting five guests each to dinner. Today, beginning with, sorry, beginning, we're taking a walk through Europe. Yes. So, who would you like to invite to dinner, Mark? Who would be your first guest be? Well, I'm feeling a bit whimsical today. So today I'm going to start with a woman called Hannah Ardent. She was a German woman. And if you don't know her name, don't be surprised. And yet you really should know her name because we've heard of George Orwell and we've heard of uh, Aldous Huxley, but we haven't heard of her. And yet she was a key character talking about the role of totalitarianism in society. It's interesting that, and I wonder if it's by design or by fault or by accident, that as a woman, she hasn't been included in most discussions around totalitarianism. For after all, she grew up in Germany at the turn of the century. She was, uh, like myself, she was a secular Jewish person. And she noticed the role of anti-Semitism in many societies in Germany long before Hitler came to power. She also helped people of Jewish um, persuasion to go to Palestine, um, fearing that anti-Semitism was on the increase. To quote her in 61, she said, we didn't need Hitler to tell us that anti-Semitism was existing in Germany. Although when you speak to a lot of Jewish people, they did need Hitler to wake them up to that concept, or in fact to kill them if they didn't wake up to that concept. She, she raved against totalitarianism in all forms, you know, be it Stalin or Hitler, anyone who sought for some absurd reason in humanity to control and manipulate and destroy people from the human race that we're all part of. Um, and uh, I don't think her work has ever been truly put on the same level as people like Georgia, and it, sh- and it really should be, it really should be. She, even more so, she, uh, her work was heavily influenced by the Eichmann trial, the trial of the Nazis, the top Nazis after the Second World War, where Europe held a, a show trial for these people that had been the most horrific architects of, of, the, of the destruction of the Jews. But when she sat there and listened week after week to what the events that had happened, it helped to formulate her ideas even more so. So that would be my first guest. I think she'd be an interesting person to have around. Who'd be your first guest, Jermaine? Um, interesting first guest. Uh, me. You're already there. I, I'm thinking about. I, I was thinking about Europe and all of the uh, the stuff that entails with that the connotations of, of Europe. And I thought, hmm, how can I kind of put a a good spin on this. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So, I wanted to look at 
Now, I, I, I don't know as much as perhaps I should know about this gentleman. Um, ah. But he was called by Bertrand Russell, the most fortunate philosopher. Wow. Because Locke had the luck, Locke had the luck, he is recognized by his contemporaries. Now, he was a political thinker, and he had the belief that power was divine, and said that every man was equal. <laughs> oh, every man was equal, okay. Found place in the constitutions of the U.S. France. Wow, okay. And his most famous work was an essay concerning human understanding. Now, okay. I need to do a little bit of digging into this just to kind of find out where he's coming from. The colonialist, imperialist kind of beliefs in everybody that wasn't a part of their group. So, up to what I hear so far, it sounds, it sounds okay. Uh, feel free to correct me if uh, if <laughs> sure. I'm I'm struggling to hear you a little bit. Maybe you could get a bit closer to the mic. I don't know if it's my phone or yours. Yeah, I'm I'm here. I'm here. Okay, cool. That's better. I can hear you better now. Um, are you asking me who my second guest is? Um, I was asking you if you knew anything further about John Locke. I didn't. I don't really, to be honest with you. That's why I okay. didn't input. No, no worries. Worries. Brilliant. Okay. Well, that's that's something we can explore. We certainly, absolutely. Fantastic. Thank you. That's my first guest, Mark. Who is your second guest? Well, I wanted someone add a bit of spice to the party, a bit of fiery input to the party. So, um, I was thinking to invite. Now, I'm not sure how you pronounce this name because when I was at school, it was called Bodicea. But subsequently, it seems to be pronounced as Bodica. So, yeah, the person who has that name, I would be inviting. <laughs> um, I I her. The reason <laughs> why I'm inviting her is because she is a symbol, even today, even a thousand years later on. No, two thousand years later. Yeah, two thousand years later on, she's a symbol of the small being able to overthrow or to challenge or to you know to go against the mass the the organizations that try to control you when when the whole of europe was under the control of the romans she was a little pinprick in the side of the romans a little thorn in their heel that they couldn't get rid of and, and in the end they had to devote a lot of energy and time and armies to destroy her What's capable if people act together in unity against anything, no matter how big it is? So, I mean, you know, it would be a fascinating conversation how she resisted, how she was a fr- like one of the first freedom fighters we know about, you know, living in the countrysides and the hills and whatever, to attack the Romans with guerrilla tactics that we talk about in the 20th century and, and don't think very much about previous to that. So, well, an amazing person to sit down and talk to, absolutely amazing. So that's my second guest. Who's your second guest, Jermaine? Wonderful, wonderful. Um, interesting, interesting. Um, I was thinking, Karl Marx. I mean, it's got to be. Yeah. It's got to be. <laughs> it's got to be really. I mean, I mean, it kind of needs no explanation, really, but. 
it, it, well, it kind of does because the word yeah. Marxism is thrown at everyone, and and yeah. I think it does give a little bit of a sort of um, padding so that we understand what we're talking about. Because if we listen to the media, we'll understand Marxism being anything that opposes Donald Trump. Um, so we have to understand more about what the philosophy actually entails and what the man himself was. So if I kind of just outline a little bit of this detail here, so it says Karl Marx was a German philosopher, sociologist, yep. economist, journalist, yep. historian, yep. Yep. and revolutionary socialist, and was one of the principal architects of modern social science. He is widely honoured for his two famous books, namely The Communist Manifesto and Das Kapital. Das Kapital, yeah. yeah. His views on politics, economics, etc. are collectively known as Marxism. He propagated socialism views because he felt that capitalism caused internal tension, which ultimately leads to its destruction. Correct. Kind of self-explanatory, really. But I think, yeah. like, what is it that people don't understand about this? Well, I mean, first of all, man, you have to understand before Marx, there was no understanding of that at all. There wasn't any written history on the side of the of the of the oppressed. It was always written from the from the victorious and from the people that, in theory, historically, God had anointed to be in control. So he was writing very much from the, you know. Okay, so two pieces of information to add to what you said, just very quickly. Sure, sure. Firstly, he was invited by the international workers' movement to to write a paper for their first international workers movement which was the start of the communist manifesto which was the idea that workers will in eventually inherit the means of production so that he was actually invited to do it as a philosopher right and the second thing is we, we can't forget the role of uh frederick engels in this he was his buddy his mate all through his life and uh, engels actually owned a factory and it brings up a lot of discussion about whether you can own things and still be a, a revolutionary well quite clearly you can because he funded Marx for the whole of Marx's life so that Marx living in poverty in, in London could actually you know feed his family and, and write books and everything so he actually kept him going along with writing pe lots of incredible pieces of work as well so it was a kind of bit of a twosome um, and Marx would have found it much harder without the help of Engels but his work was sensational. For the time, it was sensational. Arguably only James Connolly from Ireland had even broached the subject at all at that point. You know, he actually broached the idea of an international workers' movement to readdress the balance of, of uh, the economy and, 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 and to acknowledge that capitalism cannot. You know, it, you know what's that a group? Uh, capitalism eventually will eat itself, so it can't carry on forever. Yeah. It's a time-limited idea even though the time's gone on much longer than Marx predicted, but then lots of things happened in history that people predicted and, and it took longer than you think to achieve. But, but even now we can see all the things that happened recently in the world are consequences of the internal struggle of capitalism. You know, the fact that it can't solve that problem, that eventually it will run out of things to eat off and destroy itself. Yeah. So an incredible thinker and Absolutely, a great choice, Jermaine. Great choice. Thank you, Mark. Great choice. Well, wow, stunning. Your is it your third now? We up to three? Yes. Yeah. Third guess. Right. So now for this one, I'm I'm torn because I want to draw a line, uh, a I want to draw a um, trench between an idea and its usage. So as an example, I'm not doing this person, but as an example, Darwin 
his ideas were valid, but the fact that social Darwinists took it on and used it for some sort of social classification was wrong. It wasn't what he was intending at all. So we have to separate those two things. And the person I want to invite, because of their incredible mind, their incredible creative design mind would be Isabel Kingdom Brunel. Okay. He built so many things that even today are still around. His idea of technological development for bridges and railways and things, sensational. At a time when people were barely, well, they didn't even probably have a car. So, you know, what a time to create such things, aqueducts, all sorts of things, that he had visions to see and build. A bit like Leonardo da Vinci, another person we could have invited. Similar idea to create things from your mind that hadn't even been thought of. And then, but the difference being that he actually saw them constructed, that we still recognize the work of Isabel Kingdom Brunel. Mm. Just be interesting to have him at the table and talk about tech, how he saw, you know, his visions that he put then into practice. You know, today we see it more in terms of like Doctor Who and he goes into the future. And But this was a guy that actually saw things that hadn't been around and built them. Sensational. And they're still around today. I mean, again, how many people who built things in the past are still around today? I mean, the, the actual items, I mean, the actual uh, buildings, uh, yeah. etc. Yeah, 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 sure. Sure. Jermaine, who's your third guest? Um, this will be. You know what? My third guest is somebody that I found out recently. Um, she has competed in two Olympic Games. Oh, okay. And two of probably the most high profile. Um, or con- controversial Olympic Games. Um, wow. And she is somebody who lives not far from our friend Susanna, in fact. Wow. <laughs> um, oh, it's a bit of a quiz here. She... Phone in if you know the answer to this question. Yeah. Who is this person? Who's <laughs> um, the bill here? She's a, a silver medalist. She's a bronze medalist. She's a, a world okay. record holder for the 4 by 100 meter relay. Um, Anita Neal. Okay. A a black woman. You didn't go where I think you were going to go. Yeah. A black woman who competed for Great Britain in these two Olympics and did very, very well. Yet we don't know who she is. Yeah. Why have I never heard of her before? Yeah, good question. I would like to invite her so we can find her. Brilliant. Yeah, and imagine the story she's got. Absolutely. My gosh. Yeah, she's she's 70 now. I'm actually trying to get in touch with her. Um, I'd love to. Oh, have wow. Maybe we could have a dinner party with her. Yeah. <laughs> that would be superb. I'd love to do that. Wow, that'd be amazing. We could record it live. That'd be oh, brilliant. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, Jermaine, That's inspirational. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> inspirational. And your fourth guest? Yeah, my fourth guest is someone, again, who's not very well known, but is an incredible character. Uh, he's a poet from Spain, and he wrote his poetry of love at a time when Franco was a fascist dictator in the country, destroying hundreds and thousands of Spanish people because they were not his, didn't share his viewpoint, his totalitarian Nazi viewpoint. A guy called Miguel Hernandez. Mm. Now, he probably was not very well known outside of Spain, but he, he died in the war, in, in prison, uh, for refusing to bow down to the fascist dictator. But his work lives on, and his, his poetry in Spain is, is very, very, um, what's the word, you know, revered and, and, and loved 
by a lot of Spanish people. And I was lucky enough to visit his hometown of Orihuela in the south of Spain. And I was going with a friend of mine who was showing me around and she actually introduced me to a woman who turned out to be his first girlfriend. So we actually met again, an 80 year old woman. This was about 20 years ago in Spain, who was his first ever girlfriend. So actually to meet someone who was the inspiration for a lot of his poetry, that was fascinating. Um, really interesting uh, experience and uh, an incredible guy who isn't well known. And, and, you know, we will start discovering these people who who lie in the shadows, but have fantastic stories and, and wonderful ideas that we haven't come across. So I'm pretty certain we will at some point be a, a wider audience for his ideas. So, um, yeah, that's my fourth guess. Who's yours, Jermaine? My fourth guess is uh, somebody that's, that's quite well known and is also simultaneously someone who is an unsung hero. Um, oh, okay. I like, I like this. Yeah, go on. He was the fourth child of five. He had three sisters and an older brother. Uh-huh. He, died, uh-huh. he died in a horse riding accident when he was five. Um, also, I've just found out... <clears throat> He studied engineering and physics. Wow. Right? And... (laughs) Wow. He didn't even study a degree. He gained practical experience. Wow. In doing what he did. Who is this person? He worked for Edison Company. Yeah. And eventually developed uh, some sort of electronical component for electricity. And uh, wow. the company ended up offering a considerable amount of money um, to market it. He's a Serbian. Born in okay. Austria. Wow. Um, I like the way you're thinking. No for the Austrian Empire, I should say. Technically, he would be born in Croatia. And I was, I was okay. thinking of this because of Europe and the, the parameters and maybe was, was Croatia part of Europe at that point? Well, there wouldn't have been a united Europe as such. So it's geographically it would have been, but not, not politically because there, was, there wasn't a European boundaries okay. as such like that in those days. So, yeah. We'll run with the, the geographical um, yeah. <laughs> boundaries then. Nikola Tesla. Oh, fantastic choice. Fantastic choice. <laughs> awesome. I thought you were heading there, but I wasn't certain. That's a great choice. Yeah. Awesome. Thanks, mate. Wow. Yeah. So that's, that's taking it to a whole different level. Absolutely. Absolutely. Wow. Yeah, okay. Wow. Wasn't ready for that, but okay, that's cool. Oh. We can we can roll with that. Wasn't ready for Tesla, that was that's for sure. Wow. Nice choice there. Nice choice. Thank you. Thank you. Very nice choice. Yeah. Who would be your... Wait, are we on number five already? Wow. Well, I'm afraid we are, yes. Wow. We're, we're, <laughs> we're We've certainly today. traveled some distance today. <laughs> Who would your fifth guest be, Mark? Yeah. That's the question, isn't it? Mm. Who would my fifth guest be? Mm. Well... I'm going to do a person merely because of who they represented rather than who they were. Mm-hmm. Um, Helen of Troy. Okay. She was, if you believe literature, she was the single most 
reason why the Greek Trojan War has happened. Her beauty, as they used to say, could launch a thousand ships. And um, that's effectively what happened. <laughs> the, wow. the, her husband went to go and rescue her, or get her back, or take her back from the Trojans, uh, who had fallen in love with her themselves. Well, what certain Trojan had looked like that. Wow. So uh, it's, uh, I was thinking, I was talking between her and Keats for their p- portrayal of beauty. And I think there's a distinct lack of focusing on beauty these days. I mean, Keats did a, a poem, Ode to a Grecian Urn, and it was, it immortalized the, an urn that people hadn't even seen, but the, the, his imagery around it was awesome. But I think, you know, I wanted to go to the source rather than the description. I wanted to go to the origin of Greek beauty, and that would have been Helen of Troy. Mm. I mean, what a person to have at your dinner table. Imagine. Tesla and Marx fighting each other to get give her a glass of wine or something. You know, it's just uh, interesting. <laughs> interesting to the table. Um, who's your fifth guest, Jermaine? Um, we've covered Ooh, a lot like distance today. It's been it's been an exciting one. Um, I enjoyed it. It's been fun. You know what? I I would like to. Oh, this would actually be quite an interesting one. Uh, Grace Blakely. Um, I'm currently listening to an audiobook called Stolen, How to Save the World from Financialization. And I oh, wow, cool. having her amongst your Teslas and your Marxes yeah. and your, your, you know, Budicas and it's like, how, how would that conversation be navigated? I'd be absolutely very fascinated to see how that, yeah. would, that would work. Um, so, yeah, she's more of a, a modern-day hero, I guess, um, from Europe. But, um, yeah, Grace Blakely, thank you for this book called Stolen. I, uh, wow, nice, that's nice. And, and finding it a really, really good read. Um, she covers... UK politics, she talks about Margaret Thatcher and neoliberalism and all those kinds of uh-huh. things and the banking system, the shadow banking system. I, I found out about this shadow banking system today. I was like, what? Wait, what? Oh, that's <laughs> what they call it. Ah. Okay. Now it all makes sense why we're in debt. I understand. Yes, that. exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Brilliant choice, you mean. Well, I can't wait for this dinner party. And the food, we're going all over Europe for the food as well. That's quite nice, yeah. you know. We've got Greek food, Croatian food, uh, uh, German food, Spanish food. We've got quite a nice meal going up there as well. So it'll be quite interesting. Jermaine, thank you. That's a very enjoyable session today. Thank you. Thank you, Mark. Thank you. That has been wonderful. So, that the, uh, by exclusive invitation only today. You've heard from us on our five guests each. Ten guests. Ten guests. Imagine that. How big would that table be? We wouldn't even be able to meet up. No more than. Hey, why don't we try something a bit different today, Jermaine? (laughs) If people want to contact us, we'd be tempted to take one of the guests away if if it's a unanimous sort of. Like, say, if we have 50 people contact us and 40 of them ask for the same person then we'd be prepared to do a substitution if need be. Oh, yeah, that's a good one. That's a good one. But we'd have to have over 
So say we had 60 respondents, we'd have to have over 30 for the same person to make the substitution. Okay. So how would they contact us, Jermaine? They can contact us on Twitter or Instagram at underscore curious anarchy. That's all one word, at underscore curious anarchy. To make some suggestions and uh, who you think should have been included or who you would or yes. would be your five invites to our dinner party. I'd like to invite people to tune in next week for our dinner party with people who, from the African continent, Ooh. which we hope will be as enjoyable as the one today. Yeah, yeah exactly. That's going to be a good one. I'm looking forward to that. So keep safe out there, keep positive, and tune in next week if you don't want to send us your ideas until then. And enjoy the sun you if fun? you're in yeah. South London or... or Maybe the south. Now North London, even now. <laughs> We've even got a bit now. Yeah. Have a great day. Good morning. Good afternoon. Thanks, good evening. Man. Good night. Take care. Bye.